Open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Nitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. So it looks like I need to deal with some fake news. There's this low quality, misrepresenting and lying uh, writer at Cointelegraph, which anybody who's been around the space knows that the quality of Cointelegraph is definitely fake news. Anyways, he decided to say that I'm predicting like $27,000 Bitcoin in four months and it got like 140,000 views. Uh, first, I'm not predicting $27,000 Bitcoin in four months. Uh, but, you know, I understand he gets paid based on page views. He likes to lie and misrepresent and misappropriate people's likenesses and put words into their mouth about what they're saying. So anyways, like, just understand it's fake news. What are you talking about? Uh, but what he did pull about from was a tweet that I had put out. The tweet, the exact text says, quote, a good month of BTC consolidation, 200-day moving average rising well. Next six months should be very interesting and fun. Ledger X, exclamation mark, no 2X. Then a little rocket and a bull. And in this tweet, I had a picture that showed the 200-day moving averages. Now, I'll link to both the tweet and another video that I uh, where I did make a price prediction, and the price prediction came true, uh, I'll link to that uh, in the show notes. So you, you can go to Bitcoin.kn and, and look at you know the tweet and see what it says and, and things like that. Anyways, uh, the main gist of the tweet, it's looking at the 200-day moving average. Now, the reason I like the 200-day moving average is because it filters out all the daily noise. Uh, it, you know, all the, the crazy ups and downs, people trying to pump or dump, uh, whatever it is, it all gets filtered out in the 200 day moving average and you see the long term trend because that's, you know, about eight months worth of, worth of price data. And so in the tweet, I, I had the first bull run when it started at about 25 cents. January of 2011, it was the 200 day moving average was 15 cents. This was the first time I publicly, you know, started talking about Bitcoin, recommending it. And so the relative price, or in other words, the current price divided by the 200-day moving average was 1.67x. And that that particular bull market, it ran to $32 a coin uh, in June of 2011. And the 200-day moving average at the time of the, the height of that, that bull run was was $2.50. And so $32 divided $2.50 is 12.8x the relative price. So you can see that there's a big difference between 1.7x and 12.8x the 200-day moving average price uh, when we're looking at the relative price. And that kind of gave us our first real pricing data 
using this 200-day moving average methodology because before that it was just widely a kind of an experiment. There wasn't much of a market, etc. Anyways, uh, the price corrected. Uh, January of 2013, I did an interview with Future Money Trends. Said, hey, look, it looks like we're going to have another bull market. The price at the time was $13. The 200-day moving average was $11.50. So it was 1.13x. Uh, the relative price, this current price divided by 200-day moving average. And sure enough, April of 2013, it ran to $250. And the 200-day moving average had moved up to $32. So at the height of that bull market, it was 7.81x the 200-day moving average, the current price was. So 1.13 to 7.8. Then it got all the way down to like $65 in July of 2013. And I didn't quite think that the bull market run was quite done yet. I mean, we'd had some unusual events that kind of cut that bull market short. And usually the bull markets last a lot longer, you know, no matter what market you're really in when you're looking at these turns in the 200-day moving average. Anyways, it got all the way down to 0.87x, the 200-day moving average, uh, the relative price. And this had to do with the the shutdown of Silk Road and, and other news. And then November... and. And one of my buddies, he's an investor in Kraken and other companies with me. He actually, when Silk Road got shut down, he was like, buy Bitcoins. He texted me like in all caps with three exclamation marks. And I was like, no kidding. It's a great deal right now. Uh, because people, you know, when the darknet markets, when they get seized and all these coins get seized by the marshals, that takes a lot of the transactional demand of Bitcoin uh, that is being used for those purposes, it takes it off the market. And so those people have to go in and reacquire their coins. And so they have to buy a bunch of Bitcoin and they don't really care what the price is because they're just using it for transactional demand, the price elasticity. So, you know, anytime you have a big supply shock, a decrease in supply of tradable Bitcoin, not cold storage Bitcoin that people are speculating with, uh, then they'll pay whatever price. And boom, sure enough, November of 2013, there were Senate hearings. The price ran to eleven fifty a Bitcoin. The two hundred day moving average was one hundred and fifty dollars, and so the relative price was seven point six seven. The two hundred day moving average. Okay, so you know that's that's walking us through six years of price data from January twenty eleven to November of twenty thirteen. One point seven x to twelve point eight x. Corrects and consolidated down to 1.1x. The next bubble, well, no, I don't like bubble. The next bull run ran to 7.8x. And the reason I don't like bubble is because bubbles are unsustainable because you're you're using debt to fund it, whether it's margin debt with stock or whether it's margin debt on uh, real estate or things like this. But Bitcoin's an equity-based asset only, and you have to deliver it in the blockchain. I mean, now we're getting margin trading out there more so, but... It's still, you know, it's equity based. And if you're holding it in cold storage, you can't be margin called like with stocks. You can't get foreclosed on like with real estate. I mean, you you hold it sovereign, monetary sovereignty, right? Like it's yours. I mean, the price can fluctuate, but nobody can force you to sell it. So that's why I distinguish between a bubble and just a bull market or a bear market. Anyways, 1.7x to 12.8x, 1.1x to 7.8x. 0.9x to 7.7x. And so as we're seeing more participants and more volume come in, 
the the overshoot on the bull market to the upside it before it it, it only gets so much it, it only gets to a certain height before it comes back to the gravity of that 200 day moving average you know so 12.8x but then it's 7.8x and 7.7x so significant decrease in the overall height above that 200 day moving average that it got to and then we had the correction consolidation for, you know, 2014, 2015 into the middle of 2016. And like I said, these 200-day moving averages, they move on a long time frame. So, you know, your bull market's gone for a long time, your bear market's gone for a long time. And the bear markets, it's actually really good to have these bear markets because the the coins move to really strong hands. You know, I, I held through all these bear markets. I don't really ever sell Bitcoin. I only buy Bitcoin. Even all throughout these bear markets, I, you know, buying Bitcoin. Because I like to buy stuff when it's cheap. You know, and how do you figure out when something's cheap? Well, let's look at its price relative to the 200-day moving average. And that'll give us a good signal. You know, if it's 1.7x, hey, that might be a buy signal. Or 1.1x or 0.9x, like... You know, all three of the times I, I said, hey, look, I think Bitcoin's a good buy. We're going to have a big, you know, we're going to have a bull market. You know, this is part of how I'm making my thought process and my methodology. Anyways, you know, it ran to 12.8x, 7.8x, 7.7x. And then I did a, an interview with Crush the Street, June 6th of 2016. And I and I put in the tweet, you know, May 2016, Bitcoin's $450, the 200-day moving average is $400. So that's a 1.1x relative price, which is actually very similar to the January 2013 uh, 1.13x. You know, they're actually exactly the same ratio of current price divided by relative price. And I said, you know, Bitcoin could go to $3,000 in this bull market. This was May of 2016. Well, here we are, October of 2017, and Bitcoin's at $5,700. So I was right again. This is the fourth bull market in a row that I've called in advance, you know, and been right. And so, and that's not even counting the Bcash and the Gbytes and the Stellars and the Bitcores and like all these other things that, you know, you could have could have made some money with. So where are we at? Well, in the tweet, I had August of 2017, we were at $4,600. The 200-day moving average is at uh, $2,700. And so that gives us a relative price of 1.7x. Well, that's actually kind of cheap, you know, relative to the 200-day moving average. You know, 1.1x is, you know, undervalued. 1.7x might be kind of just fairly valued or even a little bit on the cheap side of fairly valued. Because uh, if you look at the standard deviations and draw bands, you know, we're not outside the f- the second standard deviation, let alone the third, where you would get undervalued or overvalued, like very undervalued or very overvalued. So this this current price that we've got, you know, of $5,700 divided by a 200-day moving average of 29.2951 is just kind of par for the course. I mean, it like we're not... We're not heavily overvalued. We're not heavily undervalued. It's just it's just a nice average kind of price for Bitcoin. And so, but what would it look like if we did get a if we did get very frothy? Like what what would the Bitcoin price look like if we got frothy, right? And so, well, 
How about 7.8x and 7.7x? Those were the previous two bull markets, 2013. And a lot more people were participating, a lot more capital. And what what did that look like relative to the previous uh, frothiness of 12.8x? Well, 7.8x divided by 12.8x is about 4.75x. And so February, we're adding about $20 a day to the 200-day moving average. So from October to February, we're looking at the 200-day moving average moving up to $5,767. Okay, so so if we take that $5,767 multiplied by the relative price of 4.7x, that would give us the $27,000 price tag, right? And so, you know, that's just looking at our previous bull markets, our previous bear markets, the previous ratios between where they reached in terms of their current price divided by the 200-day moving average, how those have actually uh, declined a little bit in time based on the amount of volume that has come in. Because we're now trading three three to $4 billion a day of total volume uh, in the crypto markets, one to $2 billion a day just in Bitcoin. You know, that's a lot different than June of 2011 when, you know, we're trading a couple million dollars a day, right? And way different from January of 2011 when I issued the buy price. I mean, there were days where like the entire global volume was like $500 on Bitcoin. You know, I mean, like back when I publicly recommended it, I mean, you some of those days, 500 bucks, you know, and <laughs> and now that's like, uh, now that's like $10 million, but whatever. Um, it's really kind of crazy. Think think of this wealth transfer that's happened. It's unbelievable. And it's only going to keep keep happening, you know. But Bitcoin will go through cycles uh, in this worldwide adoption of these seven network effects of all this stuff. And so, but that's kind of the case for $27,000 Bitcoin, both the case for and the case against. Now, why would, why, I, I don't necessarily, I don't really think that we're going to see $27,000 Bitcoin in February. But hey, I've been surprised all the time with Bitcoin. Uh, and I've been surprised at the upside. I mean, in the in the Crush the Street interview, I said we might see $3,000 Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin was trading around 500, 600 bucks. Who, who does that? You know, who, who goes out on a limb and says we're going to see it go up 500, 500%? in a year, right? In this bull market. And yet, boom, here we are. We've gone up more than that, you know, almost twice that. We've gone up almost 15x since I made that call. And the bull market seems to be as healthy as ever. Uh, you know, it's just humming along. We have corrections here and there, you know, like Goldman Sachs talked about it, corrected 1800, you know, it shakes out all these weak hands, uh, churns the markets quite a bit. Uh, the Bitcoins get into some more solid hands. That's all great, you know. Um, there's some other people that have, I guess, made price predictions. But, I mean, if if it's anything like this fake news of this David Dinkins clown, like a Cointelegraph, which is a total clown car show of Bitcoin journalism, uh, you know, I don't know how much stock to put in any of these price predictions. But we have some, you know, pretty significant people like Roni Moez saying seventy five hundred dollar Bitcoin in the next five months, uh, fifteen to twenty thousand by twenty twenty. 
We have Tom Lee putting out 6,000 by mid-2018, 25,000 by 2022. Tom Lee Lee is a big top strategist on Wall Street. We got Max Kaiser, $10,000 Bitcoin in the short term. Uh, Mike Novogratz, $10,000 by April to August. Now, Novogratz is interesting. You know, he's former Fortress hedge fund manager who actually recognized about $250 million recognized gain on Ether and bought like a, a G550 or whatever, talking about it on Bloomberg. Uh, Tone Vase, 100000 by the end of 2018. <laughs> Tone's always gone on the one of the two ends of price predictions, whether it's Bcash failing or whatever. Um, Master Luck, that he's a really inter- interesting character. He's been right on a lot of these calls. He's called, you know, he's predicting like 15,000 and 40 to 110,000 by 2019. And then, of course, John McAfee, who's betting, making a personal bet on $500,000 Bitcoin by 2020. And then Jeremy Liu of Lightspeed, Snapchat's first investor, a big Facebook investor. He's he's put out publicly $500,000 by 2013. And so, you know, there's definitely some really big upside. And I, I saw another big Wall Street hedge fund manager come out and, and put out a million dollar uh, Bitcoin price target. So, and, and he thinks there's a 75% chance it'll hit $500,000. So, you know, there's definitely a case for $27,000 Bitcoin. I made the case for $27,000 Bitcoin in the tweet, you know, at least laying out some of the numbers. But people, but, you know, don't miss misinterpret that the way that David Dinkins did and intentionally misrepresented it in order to get page views that I'm actually predicting that that's where the price is going to go. Because, you know, for the most part, I don't really like to to stake myself on a prediction because when I do, I'm right. You know, 25 cents to 32 bucks, $13 to 250 bucks, 75 bucks to, to, to 1150 bucks, 500 ish dollars to where we're currently at. I called all of these in advance publicly. Like, you know, so I take it very serious, you know, when I, when I make any type of a price prediction and kind of say, you know, this is where we're going. Uh, I, you know, I try to be pretty serious about that because, you know, I'm right whenever I do that. So anyways, I, you know, not making the the case there, but I mean, even if we were to, I mean, think about if we were to go to say 6X, the 200 day moving average, and the bull market is, has told along until like June or July of next year. Whew. I mean, it could be, it could be some serious Bitcoin price, like even six figures. So anyways, on the downside, I really don't see a huge amount of downside on the Bitcoin price. I mean, let's say that we were to go to 90, let's say it absolutely crashed and stayed there and we and we went to 90% of the 200-day moving average. You're looking at like $2,700 Bitcoin based on the price there. Say a total long for a while, you're looking at like $2,000 Bitcoin. So there's not a ton of downside, maybe $3,000 per coin. And upside, you've got, you know, 50, 80, $100,000 upside per coin on this bull market. Remember, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. 
that's why, you know, I take it seriously making the calls because, <laughs> you know, if you, if you'd bought when I, when I make any of these calls, you'd make a lot of money, uh, which a lot of people have done. And so anyways, that's some of the case for Bitcoin and against Bitcoin going to $27,000 by February. I personally would like to just see a nice, consistent consolidation and plotting along where we don't get too much outside of either 1.5x, the 200-day moving average on the downside, or 2 to 2.25x, uh, the 200-day moving average on the upside. You know, let's just plot along there for another year or two uh, with a nice, gradual, consistent uptrend. Uh, and, you know, that'll get Bitcoins into very, very solid hands. And we've got a lot of other things, a lot of other uncertainties to take into account. Ledger X, they're going to start trading options here pretty soon. Uh, no 2X uh, should happen in uh, next month. I'm actually going to be on vacation from November 10th to November 25th. No internet access. Uh, I was talking to a Forbes journalist. She was like, no way, unbelievable, really? And I was like, yeah, like my schedule is not going to be dictated by a clown car. <laughs> so anyways, uh, you know, that this 2X is, I actually don't think it's it's that big a deal. I think the Bitcoin network is just going to chug along. Uh, there's several reasons for that. One is if you got anything between your two ears, you're running your own full node and you're holding your own private keys. So that means you're not going to get taken for a ride like they want to do with SPV wallets. You know, they want to take SPV wallets for a ride. And, you know, these SPV wallets, they might follow the longest chain and the longest chain for a little while might be the 2X one. Because let's look at Bcash. There, there's a big miner who's accumulated about 234,000 B caches since August 1st, uh, costs about $200 million at, mar fair mar at market value prices. It's currently worth about 80 million bucks. So this miner believes in B cash to such a degree that he's already got an unrecognized loss of $120 million and you know, one of the rules is never enter a position you can't exit. So you've also got a couple Bcash miners that that mine to a particular address. They have over 80,000 Bcashes in those addresses and haven't moved them. And their average cost, based on opportunity cost of just mining Bitcoin, it's about $550 per Bcash. So they're underwater $20 million dollars. So these these two these two big Bcash supporters they're underwater over 150 million dollars. I mean, I don't know how how much they think they're going to continue burning, but hey, you want to throw money in the money hole and light it on fire like I love the money fire cuz you know, my average sale price on these Bcashes is like 0.11x Bitcoin. Uh and it's currently around 0.6x Bitcoin. So I mean, if you turn around and measure it not in dollars, but measure in Bitcoin, you're still down over 50% if you've been in Bcash, right? Yeah, that's not cool. So anyways, if 2x, let's say that the miners decide that they're going to mine this thing for a while. Well, there are like 130,000 Bitcoin core nodes out there. And you don't just redeploy an upgrade to a network that size 
in a couple weeks without any press and without significant uh, like coordination and everything. I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen. And so, you know, there maybe are like 50 BTC one nodes out there that Garzik has deployed. So in other words, nobody's running 2x like nobody, nobody in the actual Bitcoin community. And so if miners decide that they're really going to mine this stuff because they have to either either they mine 2x and get it over the difficulty adjustment or it just stalls and dies. Well, if they take that mining power for mining Bitcoin uh, and mine 2x, the opportunity cost is like seven million dollars a day. So let's say that they split it between the two of them. And so that would mean that we have month-long difficulty adjustments and 20-minute blocks. Uh, they're going to have to mine a month, $3.5 million a day opportunity cost. That's $100 million plus whatever they might be able to sell those 2x coins for, which the Bitfinex futures markets are showing are at 15%, the, the Bitcoin price. And get okay, so that's great. You know, they keep the chain alive. I pray that they keep this chain alive. I really do. I Why? Because what's going to happen is large holders of Bitcoin are going to trade their Bitcoins for, trade their 2x for Bitcoin, just like they did with their Bcashes. And so what's that do? Well, that takes off the, just like I talked about with Silk Road, that takes off the tradable, saleable Bitcoin out there and puts it into very strong hands into cold storage hands, you know, it, it's effectively a 10 to 15% dividend after transaction fees, taxes, etc. So, I mean, I hope that they, I hope that they, uh, you know, keep, keep 2X alive because for every, every hundred million dollars of Bitcoin, that's an additional 10 to $15 million of, of extra position that you get to take as a, as a Bitcoin holder and, and you suck off off the tradable Bitcoin out there, just huge amounts of it. And that puts more pressure on the price. So I think a lot of this bull market that we've seen with Bitcoin going up to 5,700, which I hadn't really accounted for back when I'd made the $3,000 price prediction, is that we've, you know, because when I made that $3,000 prediction, I, you know, we, SegWit still hadn't been even rolled out in the sense of being able to have activation periods or anything. The happening hadn't happened. Uh, you know, there were, there were quite a bit of things. And so in that year and a half, we had Bcash rolled out and SegWit. And, and the way Bcash gets rolled out, you know, people sell their Bcash and buy Bitcoins. And so it just squeezes that, that supply of tradable Bitcoin and the price goes through the roof. And then the people who are trading their Bcashes for Bitcoins, they're just holding them and sitting on them. You know, they're hodlers. So if we see the same thing with 2x and we see a significant amount of, of people like this Chinese miner who's bought 234,000 Bcashes, I guess he thought it was a good idea at the time, uh, and these miners that are just sitting on their Bcashes, if they do the same thing with 2x, oh, that will be beautiful because, I mean, we could see we could see another big ramp up in the Bitcoin price if that happens. And so anyways... You know, like like the advice I give always is, uh, make sure you're running your own full nodes. You know, that's Bitcoin Core. 
just so there's no no uh, <laughs> misrepresentation or misunderstanding. Like you better be running Bitcoin Core and not have your Bitcoins on an SPV wallet or on a custodial service like Coinbase or BitGo. Because these guys, they want to play politics with your money. And you want to play politics, it's a game of kings. And you need to have your own money, not play it with somebody else's money. But they want to play it with your money, which means they might want to lose it. And that's a bad idea. So, you know, get your coins off of any of these services into your own full node, your own private keys. I like Bitcoin Core. I like Armory. I like the Glacier Protocol. For the actual hardware, I like Purism Laptops, P-U-R-I.S-M is the website. And, you know, just declare your own monetary sovereignty, stake out that territory, and don't get taken for a ride by these clowns. And also, if you're holding your private keys, you can probably sell your 2Xs faster than if you're holding them on some custodial service. Now, if you have them at Kraken, they'll do the coin splitting and everything for you, So, or Bitfinex. So, you know, if you want to take the risk of holding them on the exchange, you can probably get them done instantly there, you know, when the fork happens. But otherwise, you don't want to end up like these Zappo holders and watch the price of Bcash go from 0.2, you know, 0.2x uh, of a Bitcoin to 0.05x. I mean, they, they have a 75% loss of what they otherwise could have gotten in terms of Bitcoin. And the Coinbase holders still haven't gotten access to their Bcash. And there's like 750,000 coins being held at uh, Coinbase. So, you know, the, the first rule of panic is do it first. Like stake out your own monetary sovereignty. Get your own technical competence so that you can trade your Bcashes or your 2x into Bitcoin. Trade your, your whatever else you might get, uh, you know. Just if you're holding your own keys and have that technical competence, you have the optionality to make the decision. You're not beholden to one of these services. And yeah, otherwise it's, you know, just keep hodling away. You know, it's uh, it's been a great strategy so far. And I think we have lots of upside. Ledger 2X, uh, Ledger X options. We got no 2X coming out. We've got uh, Wall Street, then we've got ETFs that'll probably get approved, you know, in a year, two years from now, as we have more regulated markets out there, more professional markets that the regulators of the ETF are comfortable with, because that's their main, uh, beef, like their main issue with the, uh, with the ETF or is that thing. And so this bull market could actually go on for, a significant amount of time longer, you know, another year or two, maybe even longer. So, and if it's just going on in a very measured, slow, methodical, consolidating way, you know, with ups and downs, but nevertheless, just plodding along with that upward trending 200 day moving average, hey, it just means keep acquiring it on a regular basis, 200 day moving average, uh, dollar cost averaging in, uh, and that's kind of the way to play it. So, Anyways, there we go. I hope that clears up some of the fake news. I hope you found uh, this particular podcast useful or helpful in explaining that tweet because there's a lot of information like packed into that tweet, like most of the stuff that I put out. You know, you see the tip of the iceberg, but really there's so much thought and analysis like under the surface that, you know, you just can't put into tweet or whatever. And hence why I have the podcast. And, you know, since this fake news clown 
you know, 140,000 page views. I'd really appreciate it if you share this particular interview around uh, just to, you know, help repair some of the damage that this that this guy has caused to me because he's been trying to, you know, he just wants to get some page views. So, he, you know, just fake news and lying and misrepresenting my words. So anyways, uh, it's been great. And like always, if you have any questions, head over to the website, record your voice, and I can hopefully get to those. Anyways, ciao for now. Get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.